Welcome on to The Backstretch. My name is Heather Williams from WCYB-TV in Bristol, Tennessee. And what a week it was for NASCAR. In celebration of its 75th anniversary next year, NASCAR announced on Wednesday that it is going to run the street course in Chicago. No one's ever run a street course in Chicago. NASCAR's never run a street course. So this is going to be an amazing experiment. Something that's been rumored for a long time. This is not a well-kept secret in the garage area. In fact, when I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, people were asking drivers their opinions on it. But the thing that's really fascinating to me is that NASCAR still is pushing the boundaries. It's trying to find new markets. It's trying to find innovation, even at 75 years old. I think Ben Kennedy is a big reason why a lot of this is going on in the sport, and kudos to him. But it's just great that we are trying new things. I know everybody's not super excited about street course racing, per se. I know everybody's not super excited about Chicago, per se. But the fact that we're doing something, anything that's different, continuing to push the envelope, is how things grow. You know what the definition of insanity is? Yeah, it's trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So NASCAR is at least trying to grow the sport. It hit a little bit of a stagnation there right before the pandemic. It bounced back pretty well. Now what are you doing to grow it? So what I'm going to do, because Chris is off this week, I am going to play some sound that I got from Atlanta from some of the drivers talking about the possibility of the street course, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, a, a, a track is a track. We're all going to go around it, and we're going to figure out how to make it work or not make it work. So uh, it's just a matter of being able to have a good product that puts on a good race. But street racing typically is pretty tight, pretty narrow, 90-degree um, corners. You know, it's sharp. Um, I'd hate to see somebody, one of us, whatever, miss a corner, go into a tire barrier, and then it blocks the track, you know. So um, I think that's where the, the first mindset to me comes in is just, you know, not having black blocked track moments. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, more more things, more diverse tracks on the calendar I don't think are a bad thing. So at least giving it a shot and seeing what it is. I don't know that, I guess rumor has it it's a three-year deal. I don't know that a three-year deal makes sense because as we've seen, we can make a really good splash the first time around and then year two, year three, it's dead. So, um, you know, try it once and see how it goes. I guess it's more about you. you know, NASCAR's been into doing some different things here the last few years and Hey, I think they've made good decisions. I mean, some new places we've gone, I think we've gone really well. Um, you know, I thought the Coliseum was a wild idea, and it, it turned out I really enjoyed the Coliseum, and, and everyone you know, who came to that race enjoyed it. On TV, it was great. Good market. And Chicago, the same way. You know, so street course, gosh, I mean, I don't care if it's a street course. It's if it's a, in a stadium, if it's on the highway, I mean, I'll, we'll go race anywhere. They tell us to go race as long as, you know, people there are attracted to the race and, and maybe it's their first time and you've seen a lot of success you know with other racing series of going to these new markets and, and different venues and, and people just really enjoying it so and I, and I think NASCAR is doing a good job of wanting to do that also that's how you grow your sport right you go to these places that you haven't really been before yeah we've been to Chicago but Joliet's a little far away from the city so um, I think it's you know it's good if it helps the sport I'm all for it. It goes way better than the iRacing deal did when we did that because uh, that was an absolute disaster. But I think it could be cool. Uh, you know, I'm all for new experiences and driving new things and new tracks and everything. So um, these next-gen cars are a handful, and if it's like 
a rough street course. It's going to be uh, pretty difficult to drive the race car, but um, it'll definitely be interesting. What makes it tough? Like, like envision a street course race. Okay, they've decided. What would that be like in your head as a driver? I just feel like it's probably going to be really narrow, right? I, I've never done any street courses in my life except for the iRacing event, but um, it just is very narrow. Uh, seems like it'd be really narrow, and uh, they seem to be pretty rough, which I feel like the, the next-gen car, we've definitely struggled to get it through bumpy racetracks, across curbs, stuff like that. So uh, definitely going to be a learning experience to, to try to cope with that and see what you need to do to drive it, drive it in that kind of situation and environment. Couple of interesting things in there. First of all, Ryan Blaney basically parroting what I said about, you know, trying new things. I mean, Ryan basically said, Tell me where to show up, I'll show up. You want me to race on the moon? Get me on that uh, Atlantic Air or uh, Elon Musk's uh, aircraft or whatever you want to want to talk about um, to get there. So I think that's really cool. Kyle Bush, you know always being Kyle Bush, you talked about, you know, the possible downsides, which I get, you know, and then obviously uh, the really humorous uh, sound there with Alex Bowman, which we're going to talk to Alex later on in the show. He's the guest this week, um, one of our two guests this week. So just talking about how poorly the iRacing went, but I mean, it's worth a shot, right? You got to try it. You got to try it for three years. You can't just go down the first year and say, oh, it didn't work. It's a disaster because, you know, the first year of the dirt race at Bristol was not that great. And then this year, it's pretty darn good racing. So, and hopefully next year it'll be even better. So, I think that it's an interesting experiment. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, One of the many things we'll talk about with Alex Bowman. So, let's go to Alex and get things going. Joining us now is Alex Bowman, driver the number 48 for Hendrick Motorsports. First of all, Alex, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. You might hear Roscoe in the background, too. He's uh, <laughs> he got upset about somebody walking by the house. But, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. We love pet appearances here. So if he wants to join in, uh, he's free to do so. Um, first question I want to ask you is a question I asked your teammate a couple of weeks ago in William Byron. You and he got off to a red hot start to the year. And then now the nine and the five seem to be the red hot ones and you two have cooled down. Is there a correlation there or is it just happenstance and just kind of the way it goes in the season? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a little bit of just the way it goes in the season, but lately we've definitely been off, um, you know, the four, four races after the off week, we've really been struggling. Um, you know, some things outside of our control, we had a super fast car at Road America and at Atlanta, um, but at Nashville and New Hampshire, we, we were definitely off of where we needed to be and put ourselves in a position to get wrecked by guys that were not normally around. So um, just got to do a better job on all fronts, you know, myself and, and the race car um, and keep digging at it. We got to get back pointed in the right direction. Uh, still got a great group of guys and everybody's working hard together. Um, you know, that the good news is our group gets along so well that we're all pulling in the same direction. Uh, but it's definitely been a little bit rough here lately. So how excited are you to go to the track you're going to this weekend? Yeah, I really enjoy Pocono. Um, it's been a little bit of a hit and miss place for us, but, but obviously winning there last year and having as many top tens there as we do, um, makes me excited to get back there. And I think it's definitely a place that we can kind of get positive momentum back rolling. So hopefully it's a great week for us. Um, 
you know, it, it's tough. Kind of what you unload with is, is what you have. And with no notes, you're guessing at it a little bit. But I think uh, I got some of the best in the business trying to get our race car the best it can be. And hopefully it works out for us this weekend. When I was at, I believe it was Nashville a few weeks ago, maybe it was Atlanta, one of the two, you were talking to the media and you said you felt really comfortable with your one win. Um, as more award winners come along and you have one win and, and, and you guys are in a little bit of slump, are you still comfortable with where you sit right now? Yeah, I mean, we're really far ahead of other guys in points with wins behind us. So um, we would have to have an absolutely catastrophic next six races and they'd have to have really good next six races for all of them uh to to be in front of us so i think we'll be all right but um yeah it's it's definitely not fun being where we're at but um i think we have an opportunity to win in the next six races as well so what is fun for you i'm guessing is is all of your your side racing projects um how much how much side racing have you had you got a chance to do did you do any on the off season have you had a chance to do any of that lately yeah, I've been racing my sprint car quite a bit this year, um, which has been a challenge. You know, it's a type of race car that I really haven't raced before. Um, it's been a, a steep learning curve. And for me, like we're going to races with the World Outlaws and, and all these big events with, you know, 55 cars showing up. So it's definitely tough, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I've really been enjoying it, doing something way different, way outside of my comfort zone. And um just appreciative for for ally and hms to let me go do that um it, it's been really cool how much uh has your teammates doing the same thing maybe fueled that you said this is something you haven't done before but i mean it looks seems like now all of you guys at hendrick are, are kind of doing these little dirt races or side races or you know williams out riding in different levels of, of nascar or whatever is it something you guys kind of talk about as a group or uh yeah i mean i've been i've been friends with kyle for quite a while even before he was at hms and just kind of watching him be able to do what he's done in the sprint car and uh and all that's been really really cool um so we've obviously talked about it a lot and he kind of kicked the door wide open for the rest of us i feel like like you can't tell him no and then the rest of us are tagging along with the the okay that he got so um just appreciative that you know jeff gordon and, and mr h uh, see the value in letting us do that. And, um, you know, obviously it's a pretty risky race car to strap into four or five times a week. So, um, I'm having a lot of fun and, uh, appreciative for the opportunity. NASCAR's got a press conference this afternoon, presumably to talk about street racing in Chicago. I know you talked about it a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta, um, kind of joked about how poorly the, uh, I racing <laughs> went. Um, what are your thoughts on, on street racing in NASCAR? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the iRace was a complete disaster, but I'm pretty sure our iRace at every track was pretty much a complete disaster. <laughs> so uh, I don't think that's um, that's really a, a direct correlation to what it'll actually be. But yeah, it, it, if we end up doing it, that I think it'll be really cool. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what the track looks like. There's a lot of unknowns and I don't really have any information about it. So hard to say, but um, you know, excited to do something different, something that NASCAR's ever done before. Uh, we've been doing a lot of that lately, so it's uh, it's just a, a new, refreshing thing to go do. Yeah, I was going to say, and there's been a lot of that. There was Coliseum, Bristol Dirt, 
do you, do you like that we're that the sport is kind of reaching out to different fans and different types of racing and and trying different things maybe they don't always work but i mean at least they're trying yeah they're not all gonna work right like that, that's part of trying new things it's not gonna be a hit every time or be perfect every time there's there's tweaking and you know if we go to chicago and, and the racetrack doesn't work and we have to tweak it to go back or change it or whatever like that's that's part of um part of learning and, and doing new things so um yeah i mean hopefully it's it's amazing and great and uh, and everything works perfect but yeah it's uh it's it's been a lot of new stuff and the first time we went to bristol dirt it was a little bit of a disaster and then i think we, we made it better this year and um if they keep doing it i, I i'm sure they're going to continue to make it better so with Chris off this week, taking a well-deserved vacation, the man never takes time off. I thought that I might play for you a little bit of a conversation I had with Jason Hamilton. I'm working on a story for him, about him, for our racing coverage coming up in a few weeks here in Bristol. But I thought the wider group might want to hear my conversation with him. If you don't know who he is, he's one of the race directors for NASCAR. I, I, I think his official title is senior race director, but I'm, I'm not positive on that, so I don't want to give him a promotion or whatever. But he's one of the guys that calls the race. He calls the balls and strikes for NASCAR. And he was also the first African-American to do so in the Daytona 500. He does most of the races for NASCAR right now. And I thought he would be a good person to talk to because when I first started covering the sport 25 years ago, 20 years ago, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me in the garage area. And I remember seeing Jason when he first started showing up, um, probably as an intern, because he told me in this conversation he showed up as an intern, and then just kind of slowly moving up the ladder in the garage area. And I think it's really good because we talked about this with Bubba, we talked about this with Daniel Suarez. Representation matters. Seeing people that look like you in the garage area matters, and not just in the race cars, right? Executives team owners like Michael Jordan and Pitbull. All of that is important. So here's my conversation with Jason. First of all, just talk about kind of your path into NASCAR. I remember when you came into NASCAR, because I'm that old, um, <laughs> I remember seeing you around. Um, just talk about how you kind of got into the sport. Well, yeah, so NASCAR itself, I started um, almost 10 years ago now um, I was as an intern. I was lucky enough to learn that I could apply all the years I spent at the racetrack as a kid growing up to something actually on the business side of the sport. And I learned that about midway through my college career and shift my, shifted to my two degrees that I ended up graduating with um, to focus more on areas where I could enter the sport. So um, I didn't really expect to be able to apply all those years of, of racing to a career. Um, certainly a, a lucky opportunity to be able to do that. Um, coming in, um, it was really just learning the business and learning that side of things after being a competitor for so long. But it really felt like it just came natural to me. Uh, just uh, my passion for the sport, um, I feel like really guided me to, in the direction that I wanted to end up going and um, in a good place today that I enjoy. So what attracted you to racing? Because I mean, if I'm being a little blunt here, us black folks don't necessarily get attracted to racing. I mean, cars, yes, and maybe drag racing, but not circle racing so much. So what kind of attracted you to that? Well, to me, you know, all forms of, of motorsports are appealing to me, but NASCAR really stood out 
um, because of the, the cars themselves, just the appeal of the cars, and then of course the history of the sport as it relates to the drivers on the track and how they got to where they were. You know, it being a blue collar sport where drivers would grind it out. You know, I come from a blue collar family where, you know, we're used to grinding things out, getting to where we need to go, working hard, and, be, and you know, you hope that you're rewarded for working hard. NASCAR um, and its foundation, I think, speaks to that uh, for every American, um, everyone who has an interest um, in the story of generations of drivers just grinding it out, working it hard to get to where they were. That, that side really stood out to me with NASCAR, not just NASCAR in the South, but even in the Northeast with uh, modified racing, you know, the stories of the folks that had, had worked hard to get the, where they were, that showed me as someone coming in where, you know, formal racing like Formula One, for example, seemed very far away, but working hard, I believe that I could actually make it as a, as a driver just seeing those stories growing up. So that always appealed to me with, with NASCAR specifically and still does today. So when you walked in the door for your first day as an internship, could you ever imagine all this? No, you know, as honestly, I didn't know where I'd end up in the sport, um, and I still don't know what the, the future will hold for me. My biggest thing was just to be able to contribute to the sport in a positive way. Um, as someone who had so much enjoyment growing up, going to the racetrack with family, uh, learning so much from friends that had been around racing um, for, really, for a really long time, some of them longer than, uh, than I've been alive, um, to be doing what I'm doing now and kind of share that experience with others and hopefully guide others to find racing as, as a source of enjoyment and as a path to, to do what they want to in life and pursue their passions. Uh, that's really what matters to me, but I, I wouldn't have imagined where I am today, um, but uh, you know, like I said, you know, working hard um, and following your passions, following your dreams, I, I always think that's something that NASCAR was built on, um, and luckily I've been able to some, be someone who can set that example now. You were the first African-American to call the Daytona 500. I mean, I know I was around to think about when people tell you, oh, you're the first woman to do this or the first African-American to do that. But what was that moment like? It had to be surreal. Well, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work that goes into it. I wouldn't have wanted to even call the Daytona 500 unless I felt like I was prepared. So, you know, being a race director now since 2016 and going through all the different scenarios that I've been through, uh, both calling cup races, Xfinity races, truck races, ARCA, uh, modifieds, you know, all that. Um, work that went into doing each of those events prepared me for being able to do the Daytona 500. Um, the most important thing to me was that the, the race went smooth um, from an officiating standpoint um, and you know the drivers on the track were the story in the end of the day. That's, that's the most important thing anytime I'm in the tower. So for my final thought today, I want to talk a little bit about Kyle Busch because it's no secret that he and Toyota are struggling to strike a deal for him to continue to drive. Both sides contend that they want to make this happen, but we're in a different era of NASCAR. And Kyle came into the sport really on the back end of the heyday, the days of drivers making huge salaries and lots of endorsement money and being super rich. He, he got it on the back end of that. Not quite Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon, but he's definitely not Chase Elliott either. So here he is with this huge contract. He wants to resign. He obviously wants to be making the same kind of money that he's used to, that he's comfortable making. But why would Joe Gibbs Racing do that? Yes, they don't want to move Ty Gibbs up right now. He's not ready per se. I mean, he could he could do it, right? He could go out there and ride around like a Harrison Burton is right now and be respectable and be a good driver, but not really compete. But I think especially since he's Joe Gibbs 
grandson, they they don't want to push him. They want to take more of the Austin Cindric route, which, you know, Penske did. His dad, Tim Cindric, is a big executive in that as well. Give him more time. Give him extra time in the Xfinity Series to make sure he's super prepared to show up. And look at what Austin did. He won the first race he ever showed up in. Yes, it's Daytona, and it's a little bit different. But he's been pretty competitive this year. Like, he hasn't been just riding around or riding in the back. He's made good showing for himself at tracks outside of the play, or outside of the super speedways. So that's really the path I think they want to take with Ty. But Ty's there, right? They don't have to worry about where the next driver is going to come from if they can't get a deal with Kyle. So I think it's really interesting because the ball is really in Kyle's court. How much less money does Kyle want to take? How much less interest or stake or whatever they're offering him does he want to take to stay with Joe Gibbs Racing? Or does he want to take his commodity, and he's got a very valuable commodity too, right, and put it on the free market? He's got Kyle Busch Motorsports, which is the feeder team for Toyotas, right? They go, they run around in the truck series, they really learn what they're doing, and then they move up the ladder. You know, Christopher Bell is a perfect example of that. Bubba Wallace drove for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Like, there's a lot of guys in the garage area right now that got their start in the NASCAR side of things, thanks to Kyle Busch. So he is very valuable to Toyota in that regard, just as much as Joe Gibbs is important to Toyota. So it's a little bit of a, a delicate, you know, push and tug to get this done. I still think that eventually they will get it done, but I'm not as sold as I was maybe a couple of weeks ago, just because this is drug on. And the more it drags on, the usually the worse news that it is uh, for all parties involved. So... Keep an eye on that because I think this could be a really interesting developing story in the weeks to come. I still think Kyle Busch comes back, but I put the odds now at maybe 50-50 as opposed to maybe a couple weeks ago. I thought maybe 75-25. So keep your eye on that. Keep your ear on the back stretch, and we'll see you next week.